Welcome to another exciting episode of the Leaders of Atlanta podcast, connecting you to prominent leaders, thinkers, and influencers in the city to help you to become the leader that you are called to be. Now here is your host and leadership development expert, Zach Hudson. Well, hello there, leaders. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Leaders of Atlanta podcast, where you're going to be able to hear from Atlanta's top leaders and learn about the companies or the causes that they're tied to. Today, I had the pleasure of hanging out with Amy Zimmerman, the global head of people operations at Cabbage. Now, Cabbage is a leading fintech company here in town, changing the way small businesses solve cash flow challenges. They're fully automated and deeply connected with over 185,000 customers. Cabbage provides access to funding in just minutes, and it sends more than $10 million every day to small businesses to help entrepreneurs realize their dream. Now, Amy has been with Cabbage since the beginning. She's responsible for leading the company's award-winning culture, driving engagement, and guiding the performance and leadership development, as well as people's strategies and initiatives. She also oversees the employment life cycle and has helped senior leaders in Cabbage develop the capabilities to grow not only in the city of Atlanta, but also to offices all across the globe. I'm excited for you to hear Amy's story from starting out in a very non-traditional way to now leading the culture piece for a global organization. So sit back, enjoy some practical tips from Amy today on our show. Well, I'm excited to be here with Amy Zimmerman today from Cabbage. Amy, thank you for being on the show with us today. Thanks for having me, Zach. Well, I've been a, a huge fan of Cabbage, I guess, for a few years now. I guess I followed you. I picked you up from probably a, either a Best Place to Work article from AJC or just how intentional you are with culture. I'm a big culture guy. And then just running into the building today is obvious. I mean, it, it's... It's from wall-to-wall culture here, so I'm excited to jump into this, spend some time with you. I know you've been super intentional about building that uh, with the company here. I know people listening to the show today are interested in that as well, so we'll go jump right into it. How about that? Sounds great. All right, so tell us about your journey as a leader first, so maybe that Cliff Notes version on how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Um, You know, mine isn't so much a journey of leadership in the traditional sense as it is my desire to make sure that things are done well and that people are taken care of. Um, When I graduated school, I um, started as a social worker. Okay. um, After having been a, um, I was involved in youth program. Anyway, there's there's a big history there, but it, it always centered around helping people. I've always enjoyed helping people just kind of find their place. I coached in middle school or sorry, coached in high school. I coached middle school teams. Okay. Um, and I've always coached people on their career aspirations and that sort of thing, discovering new talents and interests. Sure. Um, so it was a pretty natural progression. I started my professional career um, in Atlanta after having been a recruiter for a short time. I met a CEO of a tech company here. He was doing all of the recruiting himself. And when I met him, I said, how do you intend to build and grow your business <laughs> if you're doing sure, all the recruiting yeah. and running a business? And he looked at me and he said, that's a really good question. You know, what do you propose? And I said, well, I've got a little recruiting experience, but I can, you know, help you run run an office and support your people. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately that's what you need as a really small company. 
Um, fast forward four or five years, we grew to about 140 people or so. We were acquired by a, a Fortune 500 company. They weren't at the time. They've since become okay. over the many years. They're sure. also a public company now. Um, but I was pretty instrumental in helping shape the culture, create the environment, um, create the values, hire the people, and that sort of thing. So it really happened by happenstance. Yeah. So it sounds like just from what you're saying here, we have a similar journey. We both kind of started out wanting to help. I've got the scouting and all this other kind of experience behind me and then doing the operation and business stuff and then fell into or, or realized fully the value of culture and people development and all that. So that's great. So that's, that's a cool story there. So tell us about Cabbage. So what's Cabbage story? Tell us about what you do here, you know, that sort of thing. You know, Cabbage was founded over a decade ago by three of the smartest people I've ever met. Okay. Um, we're still actively led by two of those co-founders, and, and the other one has since founded another incredibly fun, successful company. Um, one of the co-founders and I worked together at the previous company that I was referencing, um, and we remained close after the company was okay. acquired. Mm -hmm. Um, when she received the first round of funding here at Cabbage, she called me to help. That was over 10 years ago. Um, so I started at Cabbage as a consultant and started help, you know, I started helping them hire, identify sure. the types of people that they were going to need. Um, you know, as far as the culture goes, you know, that Rob, our CEO likes to say that, um, he loves a high laughter quotient. Um, and so they came to work every day and they're funny people and they like to laugh. And so they started kind of creating this environment where people didn't take themselves too seriously. I think we all take our work very seriously, sure, yeah. um, but we don't take ourselves yeah. very seriously. And, and frankly, all these years later, um, that continues to be a really, really important part of our day to day. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So what about... Cabbage is obviously established here in Atlanta, so we're right off one of the many peach trees. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> here in, right. Here in the city. So, what about Atlanta? Does Cabbage love? What about Atlanta? Do you do you find a personal connection with? What is what is the company involved with in the city here? You know, um, so a, I, I, that uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I first of all personally love the city. I've lived in in Atlanta for almost 20 years now, um, and travel to a lot of different places. Cabbage at this point has five offices in disparate locations from San Francisco, New York. <laughs> We've got an office in India, sure. um, which kind of feels like home away from home for me these days. Um, but there's no place I'd rather call home. Um, from the green space and the parks and the culture and the amazing food and um, the people. I mean, we've got some of the best schools and universities mm -hmm. in the in the country so finding amazing folks to to join a company is really i'm going to say easy and that's kind of a scary thing because recruiting is not always easy <laughs> um it's a super competitive landscape but there's so many smart people here um cabbage is happy to call atlanta home in fact in the early days when rob catherine and mark were pursuing funding Certainly in those first couple of years, um, much of the investor community suggested and, and encouraged them to move out west. Hmm. Um, they said, you know, look, you, you've got to be in the valley sure. um, if you want to have a, you build a successful company. And they were like, oh, we're committed to doing it right here in, in the south. Um, and so they stuck to their guns. And I'm so grateful they did because we've got an amazing 400 plus people um, right here in Midtown. And uh, 
you know, it just, it couldn't be a cooler place. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So start, did you, were you always at this location? Were you somewhere else in Atlanta when you started out when it was just the, a small ragtag group of <laughs> people together? You know, the first couple folks um, worked at the perimeter. I okay. was a consultant in those early days. Um, I've been with the company full time for seven years now, and we've been in this office in Midtown for the entire seven years okay. that I've been here permanently. Um, but we were on the third floor, so we've we've kind of moved up in the world. We've <laughs> got we've got the penthouse suite That's now. Right. That's right. That's great. All right, so let's talk about more about your journey, Amy, as a, as a leader and as a person. So, you, you know, as you've grown in Cabbage this last seven years, tell us about some common traits that Cabbage or you look for uh, in a team. You know, I, I think a couple things are, are really critical. I think ambition. I think curiosity. Obviously, people that are smart, I think, is pretty important to <laughs> sure. solve, you know, complex business problems really good listeners, people who think out of the box. Um, no is not an awesome word in our environment. Um, if Rob and Catherine and Mark accepted no in those early days, probably with the first 100 investors that they pursued in 2008 when the economy was um, in a pretty bad place, sure, yeah. um, cabbage wouldn't exist. And so what we've learned from them and, and from, you know, countless other examples is that there's there's usually a way. Um, it's not always easy and it's not always obvious, um, but with some creative thinking and perseverance and, you know, really focusing on kind of thinking outside of the box, you can get there. Yeah. That's so great. those are I think those are some some value, some qualities and some values that yeah. that are important here very cool yeah i would think too just the uh, ability to collaborate and work across teams right because i was that was waiting for our time today you know there's p people walking across the hall and there was an impromptu meeting right there at the, <laughs> the oh yeah desk it, i'll tell else, you so. it's we were i think we're an established aggressively growing company mm -hmm. but we still operate in many many ways as a startup and that's kind of the 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 water cooler concept and i'll tell you it happens all the time and i think it's important it's hard though because with five offices we've got people in almost every area in other cities mm. and states and countries in some sure. cases um at cabbage and so those impromptu kind of water cooler conversations if they're important product decisions for example or topics that require other people um can make for a challenging situation. So we're constantly trying to figure out how to integrate other teams, other offices, um, you know, with tools and, and with best practices and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the, the whole open concept is pretty common these days, but I, I, that was the first time I saw it where it seemed like half the people walking by were carrying laptops and that's the way it happened. One guy ran to another guy and they started talking, both opened up the laptops and started getting <laughs> right there in front. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, just that, I think, for me, from the outside looking, Cabbage really appreciates that that teamwork and, and the whole us above me type of scenario. Oh, so. no doubt. It can't be understated. Really, that's that's one of the, the biggest, probably most important secrets to, to success. Yeah, yeah. All right, so looking through some skills, look, you've worked with a lot of people over the years as you, as you scaled out, obviously. So as you have come across new leaders, new uh, cabbage heads that have come through through the doors. What are some skills that you see missing in new leaders, either that you come across in the city or even the world as you do your traveling or as you onboard new team members here? 
Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think a lot of times new leaders feel like they have something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, the way that manifests is they do more talking than listening. <laughs> sure. So I think successful leaders take a genuine interest in their team members. I think they get to know them. They spend more time listening than talking. Um, they invest in their growth. They share continuous feedback when they're falling short. Uh, I think sometimes it's easier not to share the bad stuff, um, but it's not fair. And it's not the right thing to do um, because ultimately people wanna do well and they're looking for feedback. And I think if you establish an environment, a culture like we have, where continuous feedback is the rule, it's not the exception, it is absolutely the rule. We've got tools that support that, but ultimately it's a, it's part of the culture. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an accelerator to learning, both for the team members and the leaders. You know, at the end of the day, retention is, is all about keeping people happy and people want to work for managers that they respect and trust and managers that listen and take a genuine interest in people's lives are those sorts of managers. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And that's one of the common pieces from other ones on the show is just that, uh, Active listening skills and managerial courage are, are two big ones there. So, great. So, what is one characteristic that you believe every leader should possess, whether they come in through the doors here to be a part of Cabbage, or maybe just as they're growing their career, their own leadership walk? There aren't, there isn't one. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can't, I, I don't know how to, I'm going to, let me think about that sure. and I'll, and I'll make it as simple and succinct as I possibly can. But, I can tell you there isn't one. I think um, I think humility, transparency. Okay. okay. I think a genuine desire to grow their team members' skills and experiences are all super super critical, um, and hugely impactful for the company. Um, there's probably a ton more, um, but you only asked for one, and I gave you three, <laughs> so I'll stop there. <laughs> well, I like to care for others because that's something that on my other show, Pass and Pun, we talk about all the time of just this concept of a great leader cares about a person more than a position, right? Because I only get one Amy, right? And, totally. But the position, I can feel if I'm doing if I'm doing my job and building my talent right, the position can be filled by multiple people, hopefully, but I only get one you. No doubt. And I, I think a great leader, when they see that and they invest in that, because that's sometimes counterintuitive, right? Of, well, if I invest in you, then it I might not be doing that for my own business needs. I might be investing in you to do something else. Well, that's what you should do. That's, I, I can tell you, that's that's actually one of our goals at Cabbage. That's awesome. Um, it, it, from the very beginning, um, Rob and Catherine have always said, if we can create more entrepreneurs from our group, we will have succeeded. It's yeah. not just about what we can build internally, but it's what we can build externally to contribute to the industry, to the market, to people's lives, to their own growth trajectories. We've got former Cabbage team members who are now founders of their own companies, and frankly, we couldn't be more proud of that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's Hey, that's great. that shows a sign of just personal and professional development there. That's wonderful. All right, so as we're going through here, so tell us about... Look, company culture is your wheelhouse. So tell us about as you as you scale and scale quickly, how do you how do you protect that? How do you keep that front and center from a company that sometimes as they grow and scale, they get lost in a cycle of just trying to meet financial goals only and they lose sight of everything else? I that to me is very, very simple and it all comes back to values. 
if you have values that you honor and not just that you hang on the wall <laughs> sure, to yes, show yeah. off. Um, and we all have been to companies before sure. where you've seen values on the wall and you think they have no idea what any of those <laughs> things are. Um, you've all, we've all seen it. Um, if you actually capture the values that you believe in and you live by, um, the culture that you want is, is easy to maintain. The other piece is the, the people that you hire. Part of what we do at Cabbage is every person who at a manager or, and or a hiring team wants to bring on the team goes through a final panel. The final panel is typically with one or both of the founders when their schedules permit. Mm -hmm. I try to participate in, in all of those as well. And, and from time to time, I run them myself. Um, when neither of them are available because we've we've got to keep the business moving. Sure. Um, but that interview is designed specifically to make sure that we're hiring people who share values that will contribute to our culture and not take away from it. Yeah. Um, one of the ways, one of the things that we look for is making sure that we don't hire jerks. One of our core values is um, caring deeply in order to create an environment where we hire everybody who understands that that's really important, that we care about one another. It's important that we don't hire jerks. <laughs> and so that final yeah. panel, we ask questions is designed to weed out. I don't care if you're the best, you know, engineer on the planet. If you're a jerk, there's not a, there's not a spot for you at cabbage. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I think it, I did a show on, on culture one time. And I, I like and culture to kudzu so kudzu is like this leaf you know what kudzu is yeah, like grows totally. up all over Atlanta and it's just awful <laughs> yeah. yeah well I did some research on it and it can't come to find out it was brought over from uh, Asia and the World Fair and so it, it, was. Was, it was meant to be this cheap shade if you would and it was and then it just kind of kept growing and growing and growing and so I think about that of, of bad culture that seeps in of when you don't address it and you know the city of Atlanta spends tens of thousands of dollars every year just to keep that stuff back. Uh, so totally. to never take the city. So I, I very much appreciate your intentionality from goodness from the hiring stage on through, right? Absolutely. Uh, through that process, because when you don't, it can come back, and all of a sudden you've got this big monster behind you, and you don't realize it's there. So that's you, wonderful. You're, I like to say your culture, and I don't. It's not necessarily very eloquent, but your culture is going to happen whether you like it or not. Sure, yeah. So you might as well create it. Yeah. Um, you know, we all, we all have ideas of what that should look like, but I don't know that everybody always knows how to get there. Um, and I think we've done a pretty good job of identifying some of the, the, the things that are important to, to help us get there. Yeah, that's great. I love that. All right, moving on here. So give us an actionable tip here, maybe one or maybe two or even three. Yeah. <laughs> For our listeners today, hanging out with us, sitting at, sitting at the table here in Cabbage, me, you, we got Brewster over here lounging out with us, the dog. So uh, what would be one actionable tip uh, for our listeners to strengthen their own leadership or their career path? Um, you know, since we're on the topic of values, yeah. let's talk about values. I love it. You know, I think if people identify their own values so that they know what's important to them, okay. um, it'll help them make confident decisions, both professionally and personally. I realize that our focus right now is professional, but I think it, sure. it affects all aspects right. of our life. Um, when you're evaluating companies, whether, and, and trying to just determine whether or not you're a good fit, it helps to know what, what you value and it helps to understand what the company values to see if those values align. Um, you know, we hear the word culture fit all the time and I don't know that people necessarily truly understand what that means. 
to me, it means my values and your values align. It's not the beer on tap or the ping pong tables that <laughs> sure. you see. It's not, you know, the the other things that are that are visible. It really is what underlies all of that. You know, we've got all of that fun stuff too, but that's all really an offshoot uh, of creating an environment that people actually enjoy each other and want to hang out and spend time with one another yeah. because their values align, not because they just all necessarily like to drink beer or play ping pong because sure. you can do that with people you enjoy. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to do that at work just because it's available. That's right. Yeah, and you're so you're so right of just making sure, gosh, when you have a core set of values inside yourself, right, and you see it on the wall and you're like, yes, I check all those things, and then you get in there, just as you said earlier, and you're like, oh, that's just a decoration on the wall. <laughs> that's not that's true. That's right. But I'll tell you, nowadays – companies whether they like it or not can't hide from their employer brand you know there's companies i you know not looking to pitch glassdoor necessarily it's it's the company that i wanted to hate when they <laughs> when they first launched because you know people can give anonymous feedback and you don't know who where it's coming sure. from you don't know if it's a former team member that you let go because they weren't cutting it um, and then they have some sort of axe to grind um, but ultimately, if you do the right thing and you live by your values, you might have a bad review here or there, but the good ones are going to win out because the environment supports the people that are growing and are contributing and are active members of kind of the community that you've built. Um, and so it's really easy to find out what a company truly values mm -hmm. before you ever even decide whether you're going to interview there or not. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because that, look, Glassdoor is a great place to to get and I think there is some not fear but kind of just the unknown right from an employer branding perspective of yeah I've got an axe to grind or you know I didn't make it through the interview process so you know what forget you I'm going to burn you here and that's yada right. yada yada and that's typical when people want to go online anyway is to air grievance instead of say uh, kudos for this this and this but you know I think strong companies like yourself you've got people that are wanting to promote and that's wanting right. to walk out of here with their cabbage hoodies on the street and say, Hey, here's who I am. I'm proud, who, yeah. I'm proud to work yeah, for this company. Exactly. You know, the other, the other piece of that is I'm always most surprised, certainly pleasantly and um, appreciative of candidates that come through these doors interview and don't get the job for whatever reason. They, the timing wasn't right or they weren't necessarily the best fit for the particular role that they were pursuing. Um, but their experience was positive enough that they still go out and give us positive reviews. <laughs> those, those, to me, are truly the, the folks that get commended because they get nothing out of it. Sure. Um, and we've got a lot of those. So that's, that's one that I, that I always am excited to see. Yeah, that's great. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show with us, sharing your heart, your journey. I love your unique journey to where you are today from helping out, goodness, just individuals in a social setting to coaching teams to now helping lead the culture and the, the talent piece for an organization that's one of the top in its game here in Atlanta. So thank you so much. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate you, right. uh, you having me. Yes, thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Amy Zimmerman of Cabbage as much as I did. I love that she didn't start out wanting to be a leader. She just wanted to help others. She had a strong desire to serve those around her and to help other people uh, be the best that they could be. And that's where leadership starts for many people, whether you're in high school or college or you're starting out your career and you, you don't see yourself as the next COO or the CEO, but 
you see yourself wanting to help your peers and your friends around you or help a new person uh, that started out their career not long after you. You know, it's those small sparks that can end up becoming a flame of leadership in your own life. So make sure that you fan those flames and continue to strengthen your leadership. Today, Amy shared four great tips to help grow a personal and professional walk. Number one, put the team above yourself. Know that it's not all about you and your own personal journey. Lean into those around you and help make them better than what they are. The second is to take a genuine interest in others and be an authentic when you connect. So it's not just about punching in, getting your paycheck, but about really investing in those around you, even more than just a position. And then when you have those tough conversations because you're helping them with a blind spot in their self-awareness that maybe they don't see, that you have the courage to have those conversations. Because sometimes they're difficult, sometimes they can be awkward, but you're doing everyone a disservice when you fail to do that. The third is have humility and transparency with those around you. Again, the whole concept of it's all about us and not about me piece. And then being transparent in our conversations of not holding things back, uh, not giving partial information, but give every bit of communication that you can, uh, that you're able to, so that they have a clear understanding of what the expectations are. And the last one, I loved how she ended with our show today of identifying your values to help steer your personal and professional careers. So it's not about the value statements on the wall, the mission statement on a website. It's about what you hold true to yourself and important to yourself and the pieces that you want to stand for and aligning those with what a company really and truly stands for. And it's not just something, again, that's in a book somewhere or on a plaque somewhere but finding those connections and then using those to establish a, a great relationship between you and an organization, whether it's someplace you're working or maybe even volunteering at. And speaking of volunteering, I've got to share this piece with you because this came up in a conversation after we shot our show. But Cabbage has a section called Cabbage Cares. And so what this is, is Cabbage has employees coming together to serve the larger needs of the community here in Atlanta and beyond. And so they've done things from spending, goodness, over 360 hours helping school children learn with Dream a Dream. They've pulled out over 110 pounds of trash uh, collected out of the Chattahoochee River, which runs through the city here. And they've partnered with numerous uh, other nonprofits across the city and beyond. And so it just goes to show when you align your values with others, how great things happen. Well, that does it for our show today. Be sure to check us out next time for, I'm sure, another great conversation with a leader here in Atlanta. And until then, grow your leadership and impact your community. <laughs>